the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Six thirty four, Bruce Hooley Show. You can take us with you wherever you go on our apps, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio, Radio.com apps will work. But the best one is our very own app. Search nine eight nine FM. The answer in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Send us a message via our Bruce Hooley Show page on Facebook. You can also email the show Bruce at nine eight nine The Answer. Bruce at nine eight nine The Answer dot com. Of short, of course. Uh, thank you to those of you who have used our number after hours to leave us a message. I uh, really appreciate listening to those messages, getting your thoughts on the uh, show. And would love to get your input on our interview with Josh Mandel. It is on our social media channels right now, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can listen to the podcast right now. Although, why would you listen to the podcast when you can listen to the final half hour of the show live? You can call the show, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989, if you have a thought on our Josh Mandel interview. Now, our interview with Josh Mandel, first of all, I should give him props, and I will, Give him props for coming on the show as scheduled in the aftermath of the Columbus Dispatch, releasing a story today that is clearly aimed at hurting Josh Mandel's campaign. Uh, Is that because Josh Mandel is the leader in the Republican U.S. Senate race? Mm, Wouldn't surprise me. Is it a legitimate news story? Yeah, I believe it's a legitimate news story. It's more legitimate if they actually had sources on the record, and there's a big fat hole in the story, uh, to me as a reader, uh, which I will articulate here momentarily. But the story is that two of the three fundraisers who quit Mandel's U.S. Senate campaign recently did so because of a toxic work environment. There's never a toxic Democratic work environment. It's always a challenging environment, a demanding environment. But if it's a Republican environment, it's a toxic environment. Um, the campaign finance director is a woman by the name of Rachel Wilson. Rachel Wilson, it appears, is Josh Mandel's girlfriend. They are dating, okay? So they have anonymous sources only, two of them. uh, And they say that Rachel Wilson uh, berates people, uh, called them names, and that the people cannot come on the record with the story because they fear that there will be uh, revenge actions taken against them. Uh, They've been dating for mm, almost a year, uh, Rachel Wilson and Josh Mandel. They also say, first of all, doesn't sound to me like Rachel Wilson discriminates, as it says in the story, that uh, she and Josh Mandel have had blowout arguments laced with obscenities over campaign-related issues. Quote from one of the sources, they go out in the hallway and scream at each other. So, okay, listen, uh, I'm not going to have a guest on the show and not ask him about the elephant in the room. So I asked Josh Mandel about this. Aaron has been kind enough to cut the answer from Josh Mandel. Does it include just my question, or is it just Josh's response? It's just Josh, and then you jump it in the middle. Very good. So Josh Mandel uh, responded to this today. How do you handle uh, these reports in the dispatch uh, about your campaign finance director, Rachel Wilson? 
Listen, we're, we're running this campaign in a very focused way. Uh, we have people working for us who work very long hours. They work very hard. We've got an incredible team. And I, I think the re- one of the reasons we're winning by such a high margin and why the people of Ohio are backing me with such strength uh, is because I'm not only out here projecting a strong pro-Trump, pro-life, pro-gun, constitutional conservative message. But I have this incredible staff who's doing the same thing. And listen, people uh, you know, realize how big Ohio is. I mean, this is seventh largest state in the nation, 11.7 million people. And it takes an incredible staff to project a message through all 88 counties. And we're doing just that. And listen, I'm very proud of the staff we have and the team we have. And you know, I'd go in the foxhole with any of them anytime. That doesn't sound, though, like you're denying the uh, factual portion of what they're saying, that uh, Rachel Wilson has uh, been demanding, the people in the story would say overly demanding, and they left the campaign because they couldn't work with her. Well, well listen, I think the story said that we don't comment on internal processes within a campaign. But what we do comment on is the fact that I believe we've got the best campaign team in the state of Ohio, and I'd go to go to war with any of them. And uh, they're, they're working long hours, long days, long weeks, and uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Okay, so that's kind of, to me, I'm hearing there people's tempers get short. It's a highly competitive environment, a highly charged environment. Uh, he's not denying most of the substance of what went on. Um, he's not confirming it either. I'm inferring. I don't want to insinuate in any way, shape, or form that he confirmed it. It's just to me, I said what I thought. It doesn't sound to me like a denial. And is it a deal breaker for me or him as a candidate? No, not even close. Um, I think to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. If And it, here's the other part of it is, when you talk to an anonymous source in this kind of a situation, and I don't know if it's true, but it's possible, You could be talking to someone who did not want to work as hard as Rachel Wilson, Josh Mandel, other members of the campaign wanted them to work. Maybe there's a perception you're not pulling your weight. If you're not pulling your weight in that kind of an environment where every dollar matters, every day matters, every hour matters, every interview matters, every everything matters, I can see where calling someone out, and I mean in this environment that we're in now, folks, (laughs) Uh, everything that is done that challenges someone's work ethic, job performance, or anything else is often labeled, sometimes maybe justifiably, sometimes maybe not justifiably, how the breakdown occurs. It's open to anyone's assessment. It's labeled as hateful. Oh, it's labeled as mean, you're mean, you're terribly mean. I mean, everything Donald Trump did was, you know, orange and mean and mean and orange. So, again, I'll say again, if this is Daily Wire reporting this, if this is Breitbart reporting this, if this is Daily Caller reporting this, it might as well be MSNBC reporting it, if the dispatch is reporting it. So I put no stock in their efforts to have something that would qualify in their mind as a blockbuster. So I asked it, Josh Mandel answered it, and that's all you can do. Now, 
Do you know how you know the proposed state budget is a great budget? I mean a great budget. Because the people from NARAL hate it. Yes, the pro-abortion lobby hates the budget. That came out of the state house yesterday that uh, Mike DeWine says he will sign tomorrow. And they showed up today at the state house to protest because it would, can you guess? Yes, of course, it would keep more unborn children alive, and we can't have that if we're members of NARAL. Quote from Kelly Freeman, state field manager for NARAL. Uh, When she's not doing that, she's probably pulling the wings off baby birds. Uh, We're out here asking the governor for some line-item vetoes, she said. This budget is egregious. It's the worst budget we've ever seen. See, I told you it was great. Uh, Ohio law requires every abortion clinic to have a transfer agreement with the local private hospital in case there's an emergency. Imagine you're going to kill an unborn child. You're going to do internal surgery on a pregnant woman. And you would like to have, oh, I don't know, a doctor, a hospital close by in case something unforeseen happens. And not only is the baby murdered, but the mother, her health is uh, imperiled. Seems seems a pretty smart move to me. But I'm not a bloodthirsty abortionist. Uh, Some abortion clinics operate under a variance where other doctors are willing to help if needed. But changes in this budget would require those doctors to work within, what, what, a minute of the clinic? A mile of the clinic? No. It would require those doctors to work within 25 miles of the clinic. And here's the quote. I'm sorry. Here's the lie. Uh, Maybe I meant quote. Well, actually, I meant both. Restricting it within 25 miles, it could put some of the variances that Southwest Ohio has at risk especially if there are changes in doctors of who is on the variant, uh, said the bloodthirsty abortion lady. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there is virtually no populated area in the state of Ohio where an abortion clinic would be located because, you know, they don't put these clinics in the middle of the wilderness, <laughs> they don't put them on a barge and float them out into the middle of Lake Erie. No. They put them right in the heart of the poorest neighborhoods in the inner city so they can kill as many minority kids as possible. I'm going to say that in those situations, there is nowhere where there aren't multiple doctors within 25 miles of the abortion clinics. So this is a Big, fat, nothing burger. Sign it, DeWine. Sign it. Put your pen to good use. You've wasted enough ink in it this week. Sign it and put this to good use. Now, Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State and uh, the future Republican presidential candidate of that, you can be certain. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing what he was doing today, which was talking to... um, Sinclair Media, 
uh, giving his thoughts on COVID-19, giving his thoughts on religious liberty in the United States of America, giving his thoughts on how we could and should sanction the Chinese Communist Party. I will share with you what Mike Pompeo, who I'm a fan of, had to say next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Well, that uh, budget that is uh, signed today uh, by Governor DeWine, or that he'll sign tomorrow, rather, uh, is even better than I thought. Uh, It has a bunch of leftist uh, pro-abortion organizations that hate it. And what they probably really hate (laughs) is that 22 House Democrats voted thumbs up on it. Two-thirds of the Democratic caucus voted thumbs up on it. And uh, a fair amount of, and there, although there aren't that many, uh, Democratic Ohio senators uh, voted for it as well. And it's not just NARAL that doesn't like the bill and was on the street protesting today, begging DeWine to line item veto the uh, pro-abortion stuff out of it. ACLU of Ohio, Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio. Oh, I'll I'll read the last one last because it's just a joke organization. Uh, women have options. Sex ed for social change and unite for reproductive and gender equity. Gee, I wonder if they would lean left or right. And the Ohio get get the inanity of this. The Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice also known as horribly lost people we really need to pray for. (laughs) Man, that's like, oh, the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. It really does exist. It really does exist. Scary. Really, really scary. So DeWine can line item veto uh, anything that he wants, and he's not going to line item veto the pro-life stuff because, you know, he'd like to be reelected, and he's already done enough to... uh, imperil that already. Uh, Now, Mike Pompeo is going to run for president in 2024. Of that, I have no doubt. Uh, Mike Pompeo is a strong Christian man. Mike Pompeo is Secretary of State. Uh, Pompeo is back to president. I think Pompeo and Trump are okay. I don't think Trump would have anything bad to say about Pompeo. Uh, And Pompeo was one of the first ones, along with Trump, to say that the Wuhan virus came from the Wuhan lab. Imagine that. A Wuhan virology lab experimenting with coronaviruses and we let big tech and lying Democrats for a year talk us out of the completely logical and sensible position that the virus from the city that China shut down, the size of Chicago, when the virus began to infiltrate the world, didn't come from that lab. I mean, really, it's like, why did it take a dopey leftist like John Stewart to say it on a dopier leftist like Stephen Colbert's crappy news program? Because it's not an entertainment program, that's for sure. Why did it take that long for us to like get any traction? Mike Pompeo said this today to Sinclair. Every stick of evidence that we've seen suggests that this came from the lab. There's genetic evidence that this was manipulated by gain-of-function research. There's evidence that doctors became sick in the late fall of 2019 with symptoms that look exactly 
like we now know as the Wuhan virus symptoms. We've seen evidence that they were working on this kind of viral activity, and we also know they were conducting military activity at this site. Every single thing we've seen suggests this didn't come from a bat. It didn't come from a pangolin. It leaked from this laboratory. Yes, it certainly definitively did. Now, here's what Mike Pompeo had to say about religious liberty in America and abroad. It's scary here at home. It's the kind of thing we frankly see in countries around the world that we've tried to stop. We know that every human being was created in the image of God, and they ought to be able to practice freely, or if they choose not to practice, so be it as well. In too many countries, people are denied that. Yes, so true. Now, uh, Josh Mandel may have thrown some of you uh, when he said that separation of church and state is not in the Constitution, because you're all sitting there going, yeah, it is. It's in the First Amendment. Those words are not in there. There's a clause that is often not cited, the Establishment Clause. And a lot of people mistake this to mean that separation of church and state. You can't ever say anything about religion. There was a kid at a local school who um, made a point in a viral posting in a school district in this area who said, you know, we we can't have any kind of mention of God in schools because of you know, there's the separation of church and state and the Establishment Clause. Everybody knows that. Well, apparently, you are among those who don't know that the Establishment Clause means that the government cannot establish a state-approved religion. Like when we were fighting the British, the official Church of England was the Church of England, okay? And so you had to belong to that church, or that was the church they wanted you to belong to. We don't have that in America. We have all faiths here, okay? So uh, for Josh Mandel to say that he advocates for Judeo-Christian values, that's fine, perfectly fine. Because the people like the Freedom From Religion Foundation, they want to perpetuate the lie that, no, 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 you can't mention God in school. No, 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 no. Well, the fact is we've gotten away from mentioning God and godly principles like the Ten Commandments in schools, and that's why we have many of the issues that we have. No question, that's why we have many of the issues that we have. So I found our uh, visit with Josh Mandel to be interesting. Uh, I am um, intrigued by his fighting spirit. Uh, there is something to me, and I'm, a, I'm one individual, may not be to you, There's something to me that is attractive about a candidate who says, yeah, they don't like me. Here's why they don't like me. And I don't care that they don't like me. Because to me, that conveys courage of conviction. Now, you can have courage of conviction, and that doesn't float my boat as a voter if your convictions are wrong. And... There are many, many, I mean, AOC has the courage of her convictions. Rashida Tlaib, she's an anti-Semite. So is Ilhan Omar. So is Ayanna Presley. They have the courage of their convictions. It's just their convictions are wrong. They're evil. So 
having courage of your convictions alone is not enough. You have to believe in the right things. And we have such a hesitancy now to dare say that's right and that's wrong because we see it all the way through the left. We have a hesitancy to acknowledge truth. I'll give you the G.K. Chesterton quote again. Societies deteriorate when they fail to acknowledge things that are obvious. A baby in the womb is a baby. It's not a clump of cells. It's not a reproductive right. It's not a health care option. It's a baby. A man is a man. It is not a transgender girl. Okay? So, your conviction rests on those things? On truth? Great. Objective truth. Right and wrong. Yes. But if you want to bend and twist and misalign things that are true to fit your own personal agenda? No. No. Not going to be on board with it. And it certainly doesn't sound to me like Josh Mandel will be either. And for that, I applaud him.